This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. God is so good to us. Well, listen, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And I'm going to continue talking about the glory of God and how it was displayed in the tabernacle this morning. But I want to I take us to John 15 first and, and, and look at something, and then I'm going to reflect back to the tabernacle. John chapter 15, I'm going to start reading with verse 4. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me and is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they be burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Lord, I ask you this morning in this place, God, that you would just allow your word to speak to us, God. Let it, let it come alive in our spirit this morning, God, and do great things in our midst. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. I want to, verse 7 again starts out with the word, if. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. What a powerful scripture. The Lord is saying, listen, if you abide in me, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done. And, I, and, and by reading that verse, I think one of the problems we have in the church, we have a problem continually abiding with the Lord. I mean, can we just, if we can take our halos, halos off this morning and we set them beside us, all of us struggle to continually abide with the Lord in fellowship like we need to. And I want to take us back to the tabernacle picture because it is so important that we abide with Christ because his will for us is to bear fruit. It's for us to do things for the kingdom of God. It's for us to help the kingdom grow here on this earth. And I want to take us back to that tabernacle and We've been talking over the last couple of weeks. We understand that we have to have a life that is centered around Jesus. We have to have a life that comes through praise. We, we have to have a life that is 
consecrated. We've got to repent of sin. We talked last week, we talked about the altar and how it's important that we all live an altar experience on a daily basis in our life because if you don't, sin begins to build up in your life. You, you need to have repentance in your life every single day. Well, pastor, I just don't, I don't know if I did anything wrong today. Trust me, you did. If you went through a checkout line or a drive-in window or something, I promise you, you, your attitude got off. We all need repentance in our life on a daily basis. And then we talked about the brazen labor where it, we're to be washed by the Word. And that by that brazen labor, we're to be washed by the Word of God, because even after we're saved, if we don't apply this book to our life, listen, this is your map book to begin your map. That's not Mac, M-A-C, but map, M-A-P. It's your map book to live a continuously uh, uh, just virtuous life before the Lord. It, it allows us to stay clean before God because when we look at his word, it reflects as a mirror. It shows us who we're becoming. And when we take his word and apply it, it cleanses us. It washes us on a daily basis and allows us to function as we should in the body of Christ. But I want to talk about abiding with him this morning. And as we have walked through the tabernacle experience, all of a sudden the priest, after they've went through the, cere the ceremonial part of the altar and the labor, they've come, people have come through the gate and brought their sacrifice. Now it's time for the priest to begin to step into the holy place, not the, not the holy of holies. They still haven't went behind the veil, if you will, but they're stepping into the holy place. And I want to talk about several pieces of furniture that are in the holy place. And the first thing that you'll come to in that holy place is the table of showbread. It's actually shoebread, I think, but we call it showbread. But we, we come to that table of showbread. And if you've never looked at that, just to give you an idea of what it looks like, it's, it's, it's inlaid with gold everywhere. It is a beautiful table. The Bible gives specific dimensions, weight, and everything as to how this table was constructed. It has 12 loaves of bread on it, one for each tribe of Israel. And just so you will know that this table of showbread, if you were to look at its weight and multiply by what gold is by the ounce today, it would have cost $1.4 million to build the table. God is into excellence in his house. $1.4 million to build this table in today's currency. But this, these loaves represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And to understand what the priests would do, they would come in and they would change out this bread and they would actually take the bread that they were changing out and they would consume it. They would eat it. It was nourishment to their body. It's called also the table of his presence. And one thing that you need to understand in your life, that if you are to abide in Christ, you've got to have fellowship with him. You've got to get in his presence and enjoy the experience 
experience of being in God's presence. I, I relate it back to when I was coming up, we used to go to my grandma's house every Sunday. Did anybody else go to grandma's on Sunday to eat? Anybody in this place this morning? And I want to tell you, it wasn't anything like going to grandma's to eat. You knew you were going to have good food, but not only good food, but you were going to have good fellowship. Uh, it, we would go there and uh, my uh, mom's brothers and sisters would be there and all of my cousins and we would just enjoy a time of fellowship. Now you could have just stopped by to get a ham sandwich if you wanted to and left, but to get the full experience, you had to hang around during the afternoon in fellowship with the family. And some of my best memories now, I'm 40, almost 47 years old, some of my best memories in childhood are back at my grandmother's house when the family would just come together and we would enjoy breaking bread and just being in the presence of one another. And church, I want to tell you this morning, there is something powerful about just coming into God's presence and fellowshipping with him. The breaking of the bread is often just referred to as fellowship. We commune. We have, we have fellowship with one another. But to have fellowship with the Lord, we, there are several things we have to do. Obviously, we know that the priest had to be living a holy life and before they step behind that curtain. And let me tell you several things about the loaves of bread. They were unleavened. It was unleavened bread. In other words, there weren't any foreign properties in that to make something happen. And listen, I want to tell you, there can't be anything foreign inside of us. If we want God to do something inside of our spirit, we've got to live an unleavened life where we don't allow other things to come in. The flour that they used was very refined. It was sifted over and over again to begin to get all the impurities out of of the flour. It was it was just a, it was a special recipe. They didn't share this recipe for the showbread with anybody else. It was a special recipe only for the ones that baked the bread. And listen, they had Egyptians that would come in and try to duplicate the recipe, but it would always go stale very quickly while the showbread would last for up to 40 days sitting in open air and be edible up to 40 days. And I want to tell you something. The enemy has always got something to try to come in and interrupt your fellowship and your presence with the Lord. He'll always try to bring counterfeits into your life, but I want to tell you something. They will go stale in your life very quickly. There is nothing that compares to unhindered fellowship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm reminded of the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 21. He was actually on the run from Saul, and he's he, him and his men, they are famished, and they come to the, the temple at Nob, and he, he asked the priest, he says, what do you have that you can give me? Is there anything here that you have to eat? And the priest says this. He said, well, no, not really. He said, you see, I don't have any ordinary bread. The only thing I have is the holy bread. David said, give it to me. He said, there is none like it. I, I will take some of that. And church, I want to tell you this morning that there is nothing ordinary about being in the presence of the king. There is nothing ordinary about fellowshipping with the Lord. There's nothing ordinary about being in his presence. I pray that as a church, we don't become a people that we can just nonchalantly come in and out of God's 
God's presence and not recognize what it means to be in the presence of the king. Ecclesiastes tells us not to be in a hurry to leave the presence of the king. God wants you to understand this morning that to abide in him, you've got to spend some time fellowshipping with him, the table of his presence. The priests weren't rushing in to do anything. They would go in and they would stand around this table and take care of the order around the table. And God wants you to understand this morning that his fellowship and his presence in your life is nourishment to you. You need to be nourished spiritually in your life. Every person in this place this morning, you need continuous nourishment in your life. I, I, wish, I wish I could tell you that you could just come to church today and get what you needed and you can make it six months. Listen, you can't make it six days. You need nourishment continually in your life. You need to be breaking bread with the Lord. You need to have fellowship in your life over and over and over and let God minister to you. And, this, and I'm talking about one-on-one. -on -one. That what we do on church on Sunday morning, sure, sure we're in God's presence. But how many of you know there's just something special about getting in that quiet time with the Lord where it's just you and Him, where you can be yourself and you can say, tell God whatever you need to tell Him and you just have that one-on-one -on -one fellowship with the King. And I want to tell you that God is looking for church that recognizes that his fellowship can't be duplicated. The world is trying to duplicate what it means to be in the presence of the Lord, but there's nothing they can duplicate. Being in the presence of my Savior is unparalleled. There is nothing that compares to it in this life. God, God has created a system to where you and I can come boldly before the throne of grace. We can come in and fellowship with God at any time. I mean, I can fellowship with him even after I've had a bad day. You know, sometimes when you haven't had such a good day, maybe you've even done something that wasn't right in your life, and the enemy will tell you, oh, well, you can't really go in and fellowship with the Lord. I want to tell you, that's not the God that I serve. The Bible tells me that when I come with a contrite and a broken heart before the Lord, that I am welcome back at his table. I am welcome back into a place of fellowship with the king and God wants you to recognize this morning that he's calling us he's calling us to begin to come into his presence to begin to spend time breaking bread with him to just be in his presence and after the priest would spend time at this table they would go over to the golden lampstand it was it was where the oil and the fire came together. It was where the candles would be burning and the priests would come in twice a day and they would replace, they would replenish the oil that would be fueling that fire. And I want to tell you in this place today that if you don't learn to refuel the oil, replace and replenish the oil in your life, it will be impossible for you to continue to shine and burn for the Lord. Sometimes, it's, sometimes we get just close enough to feel what it's like to be in God's presence, but we never push in far enough to really be changed. 
I'll never forget I was, when we were preparing to leave Louisiana, I was, I'd cut down some brush in the yard and I had made a huge brush pile and I was, I was burning that brush pile down. And there was one little stump, about as big as this little stand right here, that was literally sitting just inches away from a roaring fire. And all it got was a little black soot on that log because it wasn't inside the fire. It was just close enough to feel some of the effects. And I'm afraid as a church, sometimes we get so used to, if we can just get close enough to feel some of the effects of what God does. But church, that's not good enough for me anymore. I don't want to be close enough to just feel the effects. I want to see what it's like to be inside of who God is. I want to see what it's like to experience His glory glory and his power displayed in my life all the brush that was inside of the fire everything was consumed and that log was just left just barely charred on the outside acts 431 says this and when they had prayed the place where they were assembled began to shake and then they were all refilled again with the Holy Spirit. This wasn't, and I'm not, I, listen, I'm not talking about, this doesn't say anything about talking in tongues or anything. It's just saying they were refilled again with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are living in a day that I don't care what denomination we come from. Maybe it's Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal or whatever it may be, but it's time as a church that we get refilled with the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Acts 431, that the place began to shake and after they were refilled with the power of the Holy Ghost that they began to speak God's word with boldness. If there is ever a day that the world needs children of God to stand up and begin to proclaim the gospel with boldness, it's now. There are so many theologies out there that are not right. They're skewed and they're wrong. But I want to tell you the gospel has been the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is calling us to begin to refill ourselves with the power of the Holy Spirit that we may once again, young people speak God's word with boldness where you're not ashamed, where you're not scared, but you stand up and begin to proclaim the goodness of God. Ephesians 5.18 says you're to be continually filled with the Holy Ghost. Continually filled with the Holy Ghost. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a preacher over in England in a church that was far far, far from charismatic. But Martin Lloyd-Jones had been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And he had his church members tell him one time, he said, they said, well, we got all the Holy Ghost we needed when we were saved. And he asked them from the pulpit one day, well, if that's the case, where in God's name is it? That's what he asked. He said, if you got everything you needed as far as the power of the Holy Ghost, where in God's name is it? That's a question that we need to ask ourselves. God, we need more of you. 
We need the power of the Holy Ghost to give us boldness in this day that we're living in. Because if we're to abide in Christ, listen, the world is trying to put everything they can in the mix. But I want to tell you this morning that the power of the Holy Ghost is able to break every yoke of bondage that the devil would try to bring upon us. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy. And I want to tell you today that God has a plan for his church. It's refining is a, is a difficult process at times. Uh, the, the fire always purifies and refines. Well, well how, do, how do we get more oil for the fire? And I'm afraid that's our problem, that we, we've lost oil in the fire. We, we haven't continually refilled the lamp of oil. And I want to tell you this morning that we need, the Bible says, when they had prayed. Uh, where's your prayer life today? How much time do you spend on your knees before the Lord? How much time do you spend crying out to heaven and saying, God, we need you? How much time do you spend letting the Lord know, God, we can't make it one moment, one day, one minute without you? God, we need a move of the Holy Ghost once again in our church. And I'm telling you today, if we would begin to stir the coals of our prayer life once again. I believe that God will open up the oil well of heaven and allow the oil of the Holy Ghost to once again begin to be fueled into our church. God wants you to be fueled by a fire. It comes through prayer and oil also comes through crushing. I sit back in my office this morning before service and watched a YouTube video of them making olive oil. And they had a hydraulic press that would squeeze the oil so tightly that it did not allow any impurities to make it through. It didn't allow anything but the pure oil to come through. And I want to tell you that in your life so many times there, there, there are opportunities for the crushing that takes place into your, in your life to begin to discourage you or make you turn back. But I want to tell you today in this place that the crushing experiences you have in your life are not meant to push you back. They're not meant to even hold you where they are. They are part of God's refining process in your life where he begins to crush everything else and what comes out of you is purified oil to fuel the fire of the anointing in your life. God wants you to recognize today that even though you may feel crushed on every side, you may feel perplexed, you may feel like you don't know what's going on. I want to tell you God's going to bring you through. He, you're just in a refining process in your life. That should give, give somebody some excitement this morning to know, hey, I'm not being crushed. I'm in a refining process. Job said, when I am refined, I will come out as pure gold. God has us in a refining process. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says this, Fire will test the quality of each person's work. 
Listen to the last part of this. Day to day. On that day. Fire test the quality. You need the fire of God burning in your life. Because, listen, I want to tell you something about your pastor. I need my works tested every day. I need my works tested before I step into the pulpit or before I meet with the family or before I go pray for somebody at the hospital. I need my works tested because I need to be a well-oiled machine as a servant of the living God. But so do you. You need your works tested on a daily basis because God hasn't just called me. He's called you. We are all disciples and discernments of the King of Kings. And you need your works tested. Fire is the, the best tester of purification. It purifies. It refines. It, it melts things down and gets rid of what doesn't belong in your life. And we can say whatever we want, but there is nothing that refines us quite like the fire of affliction. I, I, if I were, were to think back over my life, the times where our family has been afflicted the most for whatever reason have been my greatest times of growth in God. My greatest times of growth have come from times of affliction because I begin to recognize, God, I need you in your purest form to bring me out of this. God, really, I have nothing to offer without you. God, anything that I have to offer is just impure without you. So the fire of affliction begins to refine things in your life. You must have new oil. You must have replenishing oil to keep the fire of God burning. In your life. And I want to tell you, you need the oil of the Holy Ghost in your life. Get, getting saved 35 years ago isn't enough to give you a victorious life. You may can go to heaven. Listen, I mean, I want to go to heaven too, but you know something? I want to have a victorious church. I, I want to live victorious in this life. I want to see my children saved. I want to see my family saved. I want to see people healed. I want to see I want to see the lame walk again. I want to see blind eyes opened again. And we can't get that if we don't learn to completely abide in who he is. So the priest, they get to the place. They've went through all of these steps and they go by the table of showbread and then they replenish the oil. Then they come to the altar of incense and they give worship. I'm not talking about with just the right instruments or anything else. They just literally get down. They, they're not asking God for anything. They're just praising Him, worshiping Him for who He is. How long has it been since you just really worshiped God for who he was? Not because he could do something for you. But you just begin to praise him and worship him for who he is. Worship was such a main key in being able to abide in that Old Testament picture of salvation, of who God was. Worship was such a main part of that. 
And I'm not talking about worship on Sunday morning. I'm not talking about whether you sit in your seat or you come in front of the altar when the, when the songs are being played. I'm talking about your everyday experience in your living room, riding in your car, wherever you may be. What kind of worship experience do you have with the Lord? How long has it been since you just wept because he's been so good to you? Oh, I, I'm talking about where you just begin to pour yourself out in worship. Are you, are you like the lady with the alabaster box where the Bible says she literally, she was so worried she wouldn't pour enough of it out before the Lord. She says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to break this box. I'm going to break the container that holds the oil. And I'm just going to pour it all out in front of him. And church, I want to tell you, that's what God is asking us to do. He's asking us to break the container that may be holding our worship back. Anything that holds you back in worship, God saying, just break it before me and recognize that when you begin to worship me like you never have, that, that there's a new dimension that's about to be open to you. Because what took place next? Nobody even really knows what went on behind the curtain in that old test. I mean, no, I, I mean there, there are a few little verses that give us some small depictions. But the high priest would go behind there and he would meet with the Lord. So we don't have a clue what that was like. And I want to give you just a brief picture of that. Eric, if you would come. After he would go through all of the other rituals, he would begin to take off all of his jewels and his crowns, and he was beautifully arrayed with colors. But everything that made him look beautiful or look perfect, he began to take off before he would go behind the veil. And if we really want to get to where we see the glory of God displayed, we have to begin to take off everything that reminds us of ourselves. Because the Bible says we should see a mirror picture of Him as we're changed from glory to glory. And that priest... I tried to imagine what it would have been like to be in that place to where he was about to go into the presence of Almighty God. Knowing that he was about to go behind the veil where nobody else was permitted to go. He was about to step into the realm of the supernatural. I began to dwell on that thought a little bit this morning driving. I had to take my friend back to the airport this morning about 4.30 and just driving and thinking, you know, I don't think sickness could have stayed in the body behind the veil. I believe it's any scripture that talks about that. But he was about to he was about to step in to the presence of God. I don't think marriage problems could have 
existed behind the veil. I think that the glory of God was so magnificent, Russell, that everything else melted away. That everything else, that, that everything melted away. That he, he, was a, he was about to step into the realm of the supernatural where drug addiction couldn't stay, where alcoholism couldn't stay, where mean attitudes couldn't stay, anything that impedes our life, it couldn't stay because he was about to step into the realm of the supernatural. And I think it was so magnificent, the reason you don't read anything about everything that took place there, I don't think they knew how to even describe it. I, I don't think they could have even began to put down on paper what it would have been like to step behind that veil. To just get in the presence of the King, in the presence of the Lord, and be in His glory. And I want to tell you this morning, she, we have it so much easier than they did because we have a high priest that's seated. Listen, not, not once a year is it available for you to go by. Listen, once a year that high priest would go behind the veil. That's not how it is for us anymore. The Bible tells me that I've got a high priest and his name is Jesus and he's actually seated behind the veil. He's seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And then it tells me that I am seated with Him in heavenly places, which tells me that I have access to God's glory, to His supernatural power. I've got access to Him any time that I go. But listen, there's still some steps. See, we're living in a day today where they just said, well, Jesus had grace for us. We'll live ever how we want to and we'll access Him whenever we want. And I want to tell you, that is a lie that is being spread through, through the church world as a whole. There are still steps that we must go through. If we're going to access the supernatural realm, and listen, I want to access the supernatural realm. I, I, I really, I'm not being facetious at all when I say I want to see the lame walk and I want to see blind eyes open I, I, I'd like to see addicts begin to come in I, I don't know how many drug addicts we have here in, in, the, in the city of Hearst but how about it they just begin to line up at the door because they've heard that there's a church that's beginning to posture themselves in a way that they can have a behind the veil experience I'm talking about the kind of thing that you can't get in a program or in a book. I'm talking about an unadulterated, full-scale, one-on-one encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they begin to come into this place because there's a group of people that say, God, we're going to begin to abide. You see, this, the priest had to abide in all the steps and go through that process, and then he was granted access. 
Pastor, doesn't that mean if we're saved that we have access? It does. But see, what we do is we open the door up for the enemy and he puts a boulder over here and a mountain over here and we spend so much time on detours trying to get around all of his stuff. And I want to tell you today, you can shut the door for the enemy dropping detours into your life. When you say, God, I'm going to do it your way. God, I haven't been spending time with you, but God, I want to come back to the table of your presence. Lord, I haven't been doing anything to replenish the oil and the anointing in my life, but God, I want to see the fire begin to burn again. God, I want to rekindle the fire of the Holy Spirit that I once had. God, I want to, I want to get my worship back to where it should be. Because that's the only, the only hope we have as a nation and as a church. If programs cured everything, we'd be a cured people. Because we've got more programs. We've got programs to explain the programs. Y'all know it's the truth. We got programs to, listen, we got, if small groups cured everything, we wouldn't have no problem. Every church, and I'm not against small groups, I love them, but every church in America's got a small group. You know what? We still got addicts that still are, that are battling drug addiction. We've still got people that are battling alcoholism. What we need is a one-on-one, behind-the-veil, supernatural encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. One that says, God, there is nothing about me allowed in this oh my God hear me this morning there's nothing about me allowed in this place that's the problem we want to take everything about us we want to strap it on our back say yeah I'm, I'm going but God I got some stuff that I'm bringing with me and I want to tell you God's looking for people that says God I don't want any part of who I am inside of there unless it's you where we begin to take off everything everything that doesn't look like him everything filthy language God I'm taking it off oh come on TV shows I shouldn't watch they full of, that are full of adultery and fornication God I'm taking it off taking it off unforgiveness towards my brother my sister God I'm, I'm taking it off I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not keeping it on me anymore unforgiveness towards a former church member former pastor somebody God I'm taking it off taking it off God what that, that you, you God even though that person did that to me and they deserve for me to take my truck and run them into a cement wall God I'm taking it off I'm not taking it in taking it off we begin to do that then we're ready listen some of you better be glad you've never had a behind the veil experience because you couldn't have stood it bringing all the stuff that you tried to bring with you you all know the legend of the priest it's not in scripture it's just in legend that they would tie a rope around their ankle because if they had stuff that they hadn't took off they were going to be getting dragged out of that place. The church, I want to tell you, God wants life fellowship. I, I'm telling you, I, I believe this. I'm not saying this because 
I'm new here and I just want the church to grow. Sure, I want the church to grow. Listen, this is going to be a hub for people to come in and get a transformed life. Not because we're perfect or we have the right program, but because we're seeking a behind the veil, a supernatural experience. We want to push beyond what's in us. Because this is the bottom line. As your pastor, I can promise you I'm not smart enough to get us behind the veil. But with him, I take everything about myself off that's not good enough. And with him, the Bible says all things are made new. What, what, what was wrong in my life, all of a sudden I, I have a transformed mind and God's able to give me wisdom as a, as a Sunday school teacher, as a, as a singer, as a musician, as an usher, whatever you do. God's saying, don't worry about where you failed or faltered. Just begin to take it all and say, God, I want a behind the veil experience. closing second closing this one will be real short we were at that our dove hunting trip this weekend and really we were just a bunch of men out there shooting guns and we had a few people there that I know are pretty sure they weren't saved they don't go to this church they quit trying to figure out who they were But I can tell you that their lives were impacted because they saw a group of men that called themselves Christians and they realized that we were just having a good time and we were serving God. Can I tell you, that's what the world is looking for in each of us to recognize we're just people that are abiding in Christ. And even though I go dove hunting on Friday morning, on Friday evening, I can have a supernatural encounter with the Holy Ghost on, on Friday night. And I can lay hands on somebody and they can stand up out of a wheelchair. Or I can go to an attic and I say, in the name of Jesus, be set free because the blood has made you free. That's what God is looking for in us. So quit thinking you don't have what it takes because by yourself you don't. None of us do. Billy Graham didn't have what it took. A lot of people don't know this about Billy Graham. He was offered a job with ABC. Before, I think before Dan Rather it was. And at one time I knew the amount of money he was offered to be that main announcer. And it was back in 1951 or something like that. And I think back then they were going to start him out at like $80,000 a year know what that equates to today it was just astronomical and I read a little part of that story and it sums up like this he said you know what God that's what I've always really wanted but I'm gonna take it off even though it's the picture of what I thought I would want I'm taking it off and let your will be done in my life and church, I want to tell you, God's calling us today to begin to take off everything that doesn't reflect Him. And as they sing whatever song they're going to sing, I want to ask every person in this place this morning that could honestly say, 
Pastor, I want, I want a behind-the-veil experience. I want to be a believer that experiences the supernatural. And I'm not talking about people say, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, sign me, sign me up for that class. I'm on two or three others. Right, sign me up. I'm talking about you really have a desire to see God's anointing and fire begin to work in your life. But listen, that comes with a cost. It comes with a cost. But I want to tell you, for those of you that will say, Pastor, I, I want to see God move in a supernatural way. I'm believing that this morning something supernatural will begin to take place right now. And as you come to this altar and we pray together, that things are going to begin to fall off of you. I'm talking about mindsets. I'm talking about things of the heart. Uh, if we could get rid of mindsets and things of the heart, there's no telling what we could do for God. And I'm believing that today those things be broken off of your life and the anointing of the Holy Spirit will just fall upon you. Now right now, in Jesus' name, everybody in this place, if you want God to do something supernatural in your life, I want you to fill this altar right now. If, you, if you're not saved in this place, you need Jesus as your Savior. You come today and we're going to pray for you. Come on, church. You want God to do something supernatural in your life this morning. Don't wait on anybody else. Don't wait on anybody else. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.